So meet Maureen. I want you to listen to this case study and think about what Maureen does well and what she doesn't do so well. Maureen is the finance manager in a large company. She's very bright, she's well read, she's very informed and extremely competent in her role. She often has to present to the senior executive team about financial matters and make recommendations. She communicates very well and can be very interesting to listen to. Until the point when she senses that people are disagreeing with her. If people don't agree, she becomes a little bit dismissive, tends to barrel ahead and states with complete certainty how right she is. She provides lots of facts and figures to support what she is saying. But if you resist her recommendations or have misgivings or doubts, you'll get the look. The I don't suffer fools look and her posture is that you simply don't understand. She also has little patience when others express views that she doesn't agree with. It seems she has little consideration for input or other perspectives. She is very focused on what she wants and on the facts and thinks she knows best. People admire her brilliance but tend to keep her at arm's length. So how, do you th- how, how successful do you think Maureen is in influencing upwards? If you said not very, you'd be right. Maureen often doesn't understand why her brilliant suggestions are not adopted or why she just can't seem to connect with people. At present, she thinks the problem lies with them. Maureen is using her dominant style and does not have a good range of influencing skills. She has limited range. Range is about being adaptable and having the ability to tailor your skills to the situation and to the audience. So we can't just go with what we've got, which is our natural style and our natural communication preferences. We have to develop our skills to influence others and get results. We have to be flexible and have to use a range of skills and strategies. The two main factors that impact your ability to influence others are the behaviour you use when interacting with others. Now, behaviour, as we know, is a combination of skills and your way of being. Now, this doesn't just apply to the actual time or situation when you're trying to influence. Your relationship with the person or group comes into play, as well as your history and your, your credibility. They all come into play. And the other main factor is the influencing strategies that you use. So let's have a look at behaviours first. People are persuaded by different things. Some people are are impressed by a strong logical argument, while others are swayed by a passionate explanation. So we have to consider both facts and feelings, logic and emotion – Or another way of saying this is we have to make sure we're providing information as well as benefits because that appeals to emotion. You not only have to be able to send a clear message when influencing, you have to be able to listen really well and ask effective questions. And according to Bob Seldon who wrote What to Do When You Become the Boss, there are four key behaviours you need as a manager to be able to influence upwards effectively. They are asserting, reflecting, questioning, and suggesting. The behaviours that work best with feelings are reflecting and asserting. 
Reflecting is the ability to really listen to the underlying message being expressed by the other person. Not only what they're saying, but that what they're really feeling. So this is where you'd use your paraphrasing skills. And this is where you'd clarify their comments and their input and concerns. And you'd be reading between the lines around feelings. And asserting is being able to state your own needs and expectations in a compelling way. So being able to use your emotion in an authentic way. And so when emotions are high, these are the most powerful influencing skills. The behaviours that work best with facts are questioning and suggesting. So questioning is about being able to ask fact-finding, non-judgmental questions to gather data and information from the other person. And suggesting is about being able to make proposals and suggestions supported by two or three strong reasons of what you want. So this is your well-researched business case. These behaviours are very important for logical fact-based situations. Now, I don't believe that there's any situation that is either purely fact-based or feeling-based. When you're dealing with human beings, there are always emotions involved. But some people do have a preference for one over the other. So this is why you need range. You need to be able to use both these, these four key behaviours, both sets, if you like. And you need a whole range of different tools in your influencing toolkit. And you can see from these descriptions that Maureen was only using suggesting and asserting. So her range was too limited. So how should you use these four key behaviours and this influencing model? Seldon suggests using reflecting and questioning early in an, in, in, a, in an influencing situation to open up communication and to gather input about facts and feelings. So this might be before you're in an actual meeting presenting your case. This would be part of your consultation and preparation. You'd be using these skills a lot. So you might need to think things through, do your research, ask several people for their views or experiences with what, what you're wanting to influence about and reflect on what they're saying. Ask good questions to get more information and different perspectives than you might currently have. Seldon suggests using asserting and suggesting later in the influencing situation to present your needs or feelings in a compelling way and to make suggestions or, propo or proposals. And that is about putting your business case forward. So these behaviours are best used as a way of closing your case, if you like. So we're using reflecting and questioning there at the beginning and then asserting and suggesting as a way of closing off.